Well, good morning to you all. <clears throat> Just a couple of things I want to mention before we commence. lunch for Ross and Miriam and the family. don't think they're here today, are they? No. Uh, we're also going to have a love gift, which if you wish to put something in an envelope and just mark it, love gift, and put it into the, the general offering, uh, that would be appreciated. So after the morning service next Sunday, there'll be a lunch provided in the back to say farewell, because the finish at the end of January. <clears throat> so we trust that will be in God's plans. If you turn in your Bibles then to John Gospel chapter 10 verse 22 and we'll read through to verse 30. <clears throat> John 10, verse 22. At that time, the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will ye keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you I did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give to them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. I and the Father are one. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for that short reading. And it gives us great confidence this morning as the people of God that we might start this new year of 2017 with a tremendous confidence that we have that we belong to the risen Christ. No one will be able to snatch us out of the Father's hand. We have read that this morning and we trust and we believe that wholeheartedly and that you might bless every one of us this morning as we come and we hear your voice. May, you hear, may each of us hear the voice of God and not the voice of man, but you might lead us and guide us in our pathway to glory. So we commend these things to you now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the subject this morning is something that can be clouded out with all that surrounds the Christian today. Some may be weak in their faith. Some may become like what it says in Ephesians 4, blown about with every wind of doctrine. Some of us may become doubtful in their Christian faith. So this morning I just want to focus on two verses, 27 and verse 28. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And verse 28 says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one 
will snatch them out of my hand. I give to them, that's us, eternal life, and they will never perish. Now that is a promise from God this morning. That is a promise to you and to me. It's a promise now, right now in this day that we live in, the first, or the second rather, Sunday of 2017. We don't need to wait to get to heaven to have that within our grasp. We have it now. We have eternal life in Jesus Christ at this moment. I wonder if you've ever thought of that rather than waiting till we get to glory. Oh yes, we will taste, all of us, we will taste physical death. But we won't taste spiritual death if we belong to Jesus Christ, our Lord. And this subject this morning can have maybe a couple of headings. It can be headed up as the security of the believer, or it's maybe more well known as the perseverance of the saints of God. And I want to draw some points this morning, because in this world in which we live in, there is so much bad news. There is so much violence. There is so much sin around in this world. And this morning I would like to lift our souls towards heaven as we see some of these great biblical truths. So what does the doctrine of perseverance mean to the Christian? What does it mean? What does the Bible teach to us as genuine believers in Jesus Christ? And I say genuine believers because there are false prophets today. There are counterfeit Christians around today. The Bible says so in 2 Timothy 3 verse 5. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. So genuine believers need to grasp this fundamental teaching of the scriptures of truth, that genuine Christians born again by the Spirit of God shall persevere in their faith to the end. Just like what the Lord says in verse 28, they will never perish. We will never be lost. We can never be cast off. Because once we are truly in Christ, we will always be in Christ. Once we are made children of God by adoption, by grace, we will never cease to be His children. Once pardoned, once forgiven, we shall never be deprived of that pardon. So in a nutshell, taking all what I've said there, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that receives saving grace shall soon or later receive eternal glory. 2016 has seen some of our friends, our relatives taken from us. Today they are basking in the glory of God. We are waiting for that day which will come. And perseverance is the peculiar privilege 
of real, true Christians. That's your privilege this morning. To be belong to Christ. The ungodly have no dealings with it. Hypocrites, false professors, they've nothing to do with it. It's for real Christians. It's for those who have believed in the risen Christ. It belongs to the sheep of his pasture. The Lord says so in verse 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice. The Bible's full of passages that confirm this real privilege that we have. It belongs to those who have been cleansed by the blood of Christ. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11. It belongs to those who have been born again. It belongs to those who are the elect of God. Luke 18 verse 7. It belongs to those who are fruit bearing branches of the vine. Is that what you are this morning? Is that what I am? Am I a fruit bearing branch of the living God? Have I borne much fruit in 2016? Will I bear much fruit in 2017? It belongs to those who are the light of the world, the salt of the earth, the heirs of the kingdom, followers of the Lamb. That's us this morning. We can rejoice this morning in the God of our salvation The Bible teaches us and calls us the saints of God. And it is to the saints alone that this passage is written in verse 28 of John's Gospel. I give to them, I give to you, not me, God, gives us eternal life and they will never perish. No one will be snatched out of my hand. Yes, we've looked at saints that have gone to glory and think, well, yes, they have persevered in their faith to the end, but me, I'm a doubtful Christian. I'm weak at times. I'm not as spiritual as they were. But it is not on the quantity of someone's grace but on the truth and genuineness of that faith that this promise rests on us this morning. Remember, the Word of God tells us in Matthew 24, verse 13, it says, those who persevere to the end shall be saved. Don't think for a moment that those who seem to be persevering never fall into sin. We still have that old nature warring against the new nature that we have been given. But that doesn't give us license to sin. Does Paul not warn us in 6 verse 1 of Romans? He says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. And there is, brothers and sisters, there is the challenge to us this morning as people of God. Many of our forefathers 
sadly and shamefully fell into sin. We can read them. There are many. Noah fell into drunkenness. Jacob deceived his father Isaac. David committed adultery. And so on and so on. But all were true saints of the living God. And if we are true, genuine believers this morning, then God will keep us. He'll keep us in the palms of his hands. And eternity will not erase that. We will never perish. Let us remember also that when we say believers persevere to the end, we don't mean that we don't have any doubts or any fears. Sure, some of the greatest saints of God had doubts. Look at Job. Look at Job in chapter 17, he says, and he cried out to God, where is my hope? To be safe in Christ is one thing, and I'm not belittling the fact, but to feel sure that we are safe is quite another thing. But you can this morning. You can feel sure this morning because Christ says so in his word. Once saved, always saved. That is the cry of so many today. And yes, I believe in the eternal security of the believer, but not if our attitude is, I can do whatever I like now. I've made my decision. I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And many believe this teaching today. But is it true? See, there needs to be a change of heart. A change of lifestyle. Obedience to this word. This is God's word to us. Matthew 7, verse 21. We are reminded, and it's a tremendous challenge to us. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. And here is the condition. He or she that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven shall enter into God's kingdom. I give to them eternal life and they will never perish. Then listen to what Christ says And if you're a doubting, a weak, and a fearful saint this morning, well, don't be, because the Son of God, the Lord himself, says, no one will snatch them out of my hand. What tremendous confidence we have in the Savior this morning. If anyone tells you you can be saved and then lost, you take them to this verse. You take them to this verse in John 10. I give them, this is God, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Then this takes us to our second point. To show the scriptural foundations on which this doctrine of perseverance is built. It is not in any strength or ability of the saint that allows him or her to continue to the end, we ourselves can be weak. I can be weak. I can be frail. I can be feeble and liable to fall like others. 
Our safety that takes us to the end enduring is based on God's promises, which can never be broken. You know, if our endurance was based on our own ability, if my endurance was based on my ability, I would fall at the first hurdle. But we can thank God this morning that His promises, like the Puritan said, His promises are yea and amen. On the strength and the power of the great mediator Jesus Christ, which is God incarnate, and by the work of the Holy Ghost, which cannot be overthrown. No, there's many texts. I've read a few, but there's another 30 or 40 references in Scripture. Some bring out more than others the doctrine of perseverance, the security of you and I as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if the elect of God could perish, what becomes of God's counsel about them in eternity and his doings for us in time? Look at some of the offices that Christ fills, the good shepherd. We sang about it earlier. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If Christ, being the good shepherd, lost one sheep of his flock, what kind of shepherd would he be? What kind of physician would he have been if commanding the lame to walk? the blind to see, and the dead to rise, and nothing happened. There is not one single scripture that points to a true saint who finally fell and went to hell. Scripture teaches of fruitless branches. It teaches of stony ground hearers. Many are mentioned in the Bible who are hollow religious people with no true saving graces. Balaam, Lot's wife, Judas Iscariot, Demas, Demas it says, who loved this present world. We are told they have no root to their lives, no substance, no saving grace, no salvation. They had never heard the voice of the Master saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and I will give you rest. This morning, we are resting in what Christ has done. We're resting in what Christ did at Calvary, where he shed his blood for me and for you. Come unto me all ye that labor and I will give you rest. There is not one single scripture in the Bible where it speaks of those who show unquestionable evidences of grace and then they fall away. Abraham, Moses, David, Paul, the list goes on. Oh, they might have slipped. They might have fell a bit from grace. They might have fell into sin. But through repentance and faith, for a short period, for a season, 
they never entirely departed from God's grace. Maybe some of us feel a wee bit like that today. Maybe we're not as close to the Savior as we used to. Some have fell away into sin in the wilderness. I can think of my own father-in-law and mother-in-law who trusted in Christ and then fell away from grace into the world for years and for years. But because they were his, he brought them back. He brought them back into his fold. And as a 76-year-old, she was baptized, trusting in her Savior. Many years in the wilderness, but if you're a true saint, a true child of God this morning, his elect one, you are eternally his. I give to them eternal life, and they will never perish. Let's just look at some reasons why some maybe reject this. Many might have a low knowledge and they're ignorant of the whole aspect of true Christianity. They have a vague notion of belonging to a church. They acknowledge that Jesus Christ died on a cross. But then it stops here. One class of people who are more favorable to God than another is their cry. Another reason is that they have an incorrect view of the nature of saving faith. Some say it's maybe a feeling or an impression. They have an incorrect view of true conversion. You know, if a man gives up drinking, gambling, and all that goes with it, comes to church, the outward things seem to have changed, but... You see, the heart, the Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it but God? It's our hearts that need changing. Some might say, oh, he's lost the grace of God in his life. And if they continue, have they had it in the first place? True salvation, true conversion is the mighty work of the living God. It is not some cheap and easy and common thing. It is a mighty work of the grace of God on the heart of mankind. Who made the heavens. What does Paul preach? If God has been the prime mover in your hearts, then he who has begun a good work will complete it. At the day of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1 verse 6. Sometimes the people of the world see the church of Christ made up of people, good and evil. They don't see the invisible church. They don't see the elect of God. They don't see Christ in the midst. Because the world cannot see it. 
They're blinded by the God of this world. This world is their God. Not the living Christ. That happened over 2,000 years ago. They don't see any difference between, between a church and a true biblical, Bible-believing, faith-trusting believer in Jesus Christ. Ah, there's two ways that lead to glory. There's man's way and there's God's way. Man's way made by man, devised by man, which is obliged to allow thousands upon thousands of supposedly members of Christ's body who have no life, who have no hope, who have no sympathy to the gospel, who have no repentance, who have no real hope or perseverance. They cannot maintain it, you see, for it is not of God. And then there's God's way, who deals with our sin, who shows us that without Christ, we have no hope. This is God's way, the righteousness of Christ. You see, when God does a work in your heart, then we will be kept by his power. We will be able to persevere because he has done the saving. He has done the work. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I read this this morning at the prayer meeting. Verse 4, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Five words at the end there. Kept in heaven for you, for me. Now, if it's kept in heaven, the only way we're going to receive it is if we're going there. God has promised that we will be there. My sheep hear my voice, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Finally, there's no doubt that many Christians who maybe not can see the the perseverance of the saints or the security of the believer, and maybe they believe that they could lose their salvation. There's no doubt that maybe many in the past have believed in this way, yet they will be in heaven. But But I believe that the great important doctrine of perseverance throws great weight and stability on the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. It is common agreement throughout the total Christian church that the message of Christ is a message of peace to a rebellious world. It is glad tidings of great joy. We've just sang about it a few weeks ago at Christmas. It is hope for lost sinners. It's a message full of grace, full of truth. Jesus Christ is a living person 
the Son of God who can save to the uttermost all those who come to God by him. It's simple, isn't it? It's a simple message, but so profound. It is something that is, it's not high, tucked away in heaven, that we cannot reach it. It's not deep, deep under the oceans that we cannot fathom it. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, Paul says in Acts 16. That's what he said to Silas, to the Philippian jailer. He didn't say to him, away and get a wash. Away and tidy yourself up. Put on your best clothes. Tidy yourself up. Give up all these other things. No, it was simple. It was profound. It was just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. This is great news for 2017 and for all eternity. This is great news. This is the best message for all of us as we begin another year. This is the truth which is the grand peculiarity of the gospel. But just think for a moment, if Paul said to that Philippian jailer, oh, by the way, see these mercies that you've been blessed with, salvation and grace and pardon and peace, you might just lose it. All these privileges and having your pardon sealed in Christ's blood taken away. No. Once you're truly his, no one shall snatch you out of his hand. This is the glad tidings for all men. And I'm glad that we can read these scriptures of truth that give us great confidence when Jesus says, my sheep, hear my voice. The Lord God says, I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. We can be confident by what Paul writes being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. There's one verse and I'll close with this. Paul was writing in Romans 15 verse 13. He said, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. That is the security of us as believers in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you this morning that we can rejoice that you have us in the palms of your hand. And eternity will not erase. We thank you that we are secure in Christ. And as we persevere in our Christian faith, we recognize, yes, that we will have times that we will fail and we will sin against you. And we pray that you would forgive us. Forgive us of our sins even this year, only a few weeks old. And pray your blessing and every head bowed, every family represented. We pray, O God, that you would just come and meet 
our needs. So we ask these things now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Sing our